What's up, Coastal Community Church? How you guys doing? You guys doing good? It's so good to see your faces covered up by masks. It's so good to have you back at church. How many of y'all are excited to be back at church? How many of you guys, this is your first weekend back with us? Okay, some of you guys up front. I like up front. I like that you came up front coming back. But man, we are pumped that you are back with us. Uh, and we are excited that we get to gather back. Can we welcome everybody that's watching online with us tonight? Can we give it up for all those people that are watching with us about... 60% of our family is still watching online in their homes or on their mobile devices. And so we love you. We're so glad that you're joining us. I am pumped for today. I'm pumped to preach. I hope you guys are ready to listen. Not only that, but we got notes back on your, on your chairs this week. So if you want to follow along, you want to take notes, they're there. It's on the back side of that currently at Coastal. We'd love for you to participate. And today's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I, I'm going to start off reading a passage of scripture. It's going to seem like it's super, super long, but there's going to be a really, really good point to it. So if you guys will just jump in and follow along with me, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 5 and starting in verse 21. If you don't have your Bible with you or you're not looking at the notes, all the scripture will be up on the screens on the side. And it says this, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where the, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind, threw the crowd, touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of this terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said, Look at the crowd pressing around me. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then a frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While he was still speaking with her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. Therefore, there's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came home to the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why is all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. He took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples in the room where the girl was hold, lying, holding her Hand. He said to her, Talith Kolom, which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. I know that was a lot of scripture, and I kind of spe speed read it to you. Uh, but there is something that's really, really powerful out of this scripture. And I don't normally name my messages, but this message today, I I'm going to name this message if that's okay. And I'm going to name this message today, Spoiler Alert. 
Do any of you guys know what a spoiler alert is? Any of, anybody ever gone uh, to go, you want to go see a movie, maybe the new Avengers movie is coming out at some point, or a new Star Wars movie is coming out, but somebody else has already seen the movie, and what do they do? They go online, and they start telling you everything. Oh, can you believe this person died? You're like, what? Somebody died. You just ruined the whole movie for me. Anybody ever experienced that in their life? couple of y'all. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. Last weekend, Notre Dame was playing while we were at church. Somebody walks in and we're like, did you see the score of the Notre Dame game? I'm like, no, I'm at church. He's like, well, it's this. I was like, you just ruined everything. I hate you. You're unfriended. You're not for a friend anymore. Not a lot of church. Canceled. <laughs> I don't know if they were, but... Um, but people do this all the time, don't they? And they don't tell you they're going to do it. They just drop information. And the reason that that's a big deal is because when you know the end, it messes up how you see everything before, right? Like if you know what's going to happen at the end, then every way you're looking at it, you're looking at it with knowing that information ahead of time, and it changes the things that are around you. In fact, one of the things that rocked my generation, I'm a product of the 90s. In 1999, there was a movie called The Sixth Sense that came out. How many of you guys remember The Sixth Sense? I see dead people. Everybody remember. I mean, it was the most eye-opening, transformative, like we never saw it coming movie. And listen, spoiler alert, I'm gonna give the end away. It's been 21 years. If you have not seen the movie, shame on you, okay? But I'm gonna give away what happened in The Sixth Sense because when The Sixth Sense came out, like we watched this movie for two hours and we had no clue what the end of the movie was. And when you got to the end of the movie, what you found out is that throughout the entire movie, Bruce Willis was actually dead the entire time. And once you knew that, all of a sudden you're like, oh, so many things make sense. And when we got to the end of the movie, once we found out and it blew our minds, like we're like, how, how is that possible? Like, no wonder this little boy keeps saying, I see dead people. Like, we get it now. But, but like, now we get it. And then, you know what we did right away is we went and we rewatched that movie right away. And all of a sudden we realized the mom never talked to the dad for like a year. We just thought that they had marriage problems. But no, he's been dead the entire time. And we started seeing it from that perspective. It changed everything. And here's what I know is that in a season of uncertainty, in a season where we don't know what's going to happen next, there are some spoiler alerts that I believe that God wants to drop and deposit in every single one of our lives. And so if we knew with the end in mind what is going to happen, we already had some spoiler alerts alerts in our lives, how would it change our perspective? How would it change how we react and how we respond in different moments? If there was a God who actually wanted to tell us what was going to happen in advance, how much more powerful would that be in our lives? And see, here's the problem that we all face and we all have. We live life forwards, but we understand life backwards. Isn't it true? We're living, we're moving forward every single day and we don't understand why things are happening. But as soon as we get past something, we look back all of a sudden, as we're looking back, we're like, I understand why that happened. I understand why that happened. I understand like, why that took place. I understand what was going on right there. But what if Jesus could actually step into the scenes of your life? What if Jesus could actually step into these moments and let you know what's gonna happen before it actually happens? How would you deal with a 
pandemic differently? How would you deal with that relational issue differently? How would you deal with that friendship issue differently in life? And I think that if we start to look at it that way, it will change everything. And it's our confidence in the outcome that helps us experience joy and peace and the uncertainty. And the only way we can have confidence in the outcome is if we're trusting the one who holds the outcome altogether. He's the one that gives us joy. He's the one that gives us peace. He's the one that gives us everything we need. And so that means if I'm lacking joy, if I'm lacking peace in my life, it's probably because I'm worrying about what's happening next because I haven't tapped into a power that actually wants to reveal some things to us ahead of time. And what Jesus is doing all throughout scripture and what scripture is telling us over and over and over again is that there is a spoiler alert right in front of every single one of this. In fact, in James chapter one, verses two and three, it says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. In fact, if you wanna just stop right there, and when it says, when you face trials of many kinds, if you just wanna underline that and put a side note, the year 2020, right? Like the entire year, let's just chalk it up. It's a trial. It's, 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 man, it's facing. I didn't even know what was going to come next. It says, consider it pure joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. In other words, there's something on the other side, and here it is. In verse 4, it says, let perseverance finish its work. In other words, don't give up on the process, but let it be finished so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Like there's a spoiler alert right there. Like God says, hey, listen, you're gonna go through some trials. There are gonna be some difficulties in your life. This should not be a surprise to any of us, but so many of us are like, what happened? 2020, my year. It would know, it's nobody's year. <laughs> Ain't nobody claiming this year. Like trials are going to happen. But the good news is, is if you can understand what God is doing is through the trial, God is making you mature and he's trying to complete you. He's trying to make it so you're not lacking anything so he can move you forward into the next season of life. So when you get in that place, you're not going to be the immature person that rolled into 2020 that is rolling into 2021. That you're going to grow up, that you're going to mature, that you're going to be shaped, and you're going to be transformed in this moment. And I believe that the reason some of you came to church here today is, is whether you're watching in person or you're here, uh, maybe watching online, is that God wants to tell you that, listen, I know you're going through something difficult, but it is going to be okay. Like, I've got this, I can handle this, there's nothing too big for me, and I want to show you some things that I'm revealing, not just to all of us, but to everyone. Everybody has this opportunity. But we just got to stop freaking out. Because let me tell you something, God's not freaked out, he's not panicked, he's not overwhelmed. And I want to show you some spoiler alerts out of this story that I read at the very beginning, starting in Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 23 and 24. It says this, pleading fervently with him, Jarius, this guy, he says, my daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so she can live. And it says, Jesus went with him. 
Think about that. Of all the things that Jesus could have done, he could have preached another sermon. He could have gone and uh, multiplied food. He could have gone and called some more disciples. There's so much that Jesus could have done. But in that moment, Jesus redirects all of his attention, all of his focus, all of his energy onto this man named Jairus and his daughter that was sick. And let me just present an idea to you here today. I guarantee that Jairus was not the only one that was there that had a daughter that was sick. Jairus was not the only one that was there that showed up that had an issue that day. Jairus was not the only one that needed a miracle in his life that day. Here is the spoiler alert. If you want to write it down, the spoiler alert is this, is, is that your problem is Jesus's priority. Your problem is Jesus's priority. Whenever you have an issue as a follower of Christ, your problem is Jesus's priority. Jesus adjusts his schedule when Jairus came up because Jairus did the one thing that nobody else did. He asked him to. That's it. I wonder how many times in life you want a breakthrough, and you're like, God, I, 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 I want a breakthrough, I need a breakthrough, but you never actually go to the God of the breakthrough to ask the God of the breakthrough to break through in your life. You'll just say to yourself, man, I need a breakthrough, but you'll never take a moment and go and really seek God. So many of us are wondering, why is God not answering? The reason he's not answering is because you're not calling. Wow, it's quiet. You know what calling is? It's prayer. It's an invitation. That's what prayer is. It's an invitation for God to step into your situation. And here's the amazing thing about God. God is so amazing and so powerful, but he is ultimately a gentleman. And here's the cool thing about God. Jesus loves you so much that he's willing to deal with your issues. He's willing to deal with that pride. He's willing to deal with that financial issue he's willing to deal with that relationship thing that you've got going on but also Jesus respects our free will so much that he only goes into places that he's invited like some of y'all need to hear that today like Jesus is not just going to enter your life without an invitation like Jesus is not going to step into your situation without an invitation and Jairus just got to this point where he's like, Jesus, I don't really care what else you got going on. I got a problem. I need you to show up here. I need you to do something in my life. G Jairus was ready to like grab a hold of Jesus and drag Jesus to his issue. And I wonder if some of us would get to this place where we wouldn't just have these, these little, little weak prayers like uh, good meat, let's eat, thank you, Jesus, like the amen. Like that we would get past these, these little prayers and go, God, I'm gonna bring down heaven until you answer, until you meet the need that I have, like I'm not gonna let go of your ear until you fix whatever is going on in my life. See, he is the God of the impossible, but it's only until we get impractical and go to him that he comes in and changes everything. Man, I'm preaching way better than y'all are responding. I'm just letting you know that. It's one of the reasons that church here at Costa, we're a pray first culture. Man, for... For 11 years, every single Wednesday morning, 6.30 a.m., we're here praying. That's why we start every year, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why? We believe that it, we, we, God is not our last resort. He is our first response. 
Like we go to him. Man, we go and we seek after him. Prayer is the power that we need in our situation, situation where we don't have the power to do it. Where we have the incapability, God is more than capable. And what God wants to do in your life is too big for you to do it alone. And so Jairus is ready. He is pumped. And Jesus is rolling with him. Jesus is like, man, I got you. He goes, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with you. And in the midst of Jairus and Jesus going to heal his daughter, this happens right here. It's going to happen here any second. This like just drops right in the middle of the story. This is 10 verses right in the middle of the story. You know what I call that? I call that an interruption. And this interruption happens, and what it is, is there's a woman who's been dealing with an issue for 12 years that all of a sudden is getting her prayers answered by Jesus. You know what Jarius is doing right there? He's waiting. So what some of us are in right now, it's called a season of waiting. And have you ever noticed that when you're in your season of waiting, it seems like everything that you're praying for, somebody else is getting that answer? It's like everybody else is getting the miracle that you've been believing God for all along. You're like, God, if I can just get that job, man, that job, that, that, that job would be a game changer for me. And then all of a sudden your girlfriend calls you up. She'll be like, you never believe it. What? What? I got a raise. Like, what? You don't even work. You're like, God, where, where are you at? You're in waiting. Or maybe you're out there and you're like, man, I just want a baby. I just want a baby so bad. You're just like ready, ready. You're like, you're like practicing like crazy to be pregnant. You got some, if you've ever been in that season, you know what that's like. It's awesome for the guys. And, uh, and, and you're like, you're like, I just want to be pregnant. I just want to be pregnant. And what do you know? You get a phone call from, from a friend and they're like, oh, you're never going to believe it. I'm pregnant with my fifth kid. Something must be in the water. And you're like, it ain't in my water. Give me some of that water. Single people, single people, where you at? Come on, single people, single people. You, you just, you just, you just want to be married. You're like, where's all the good ones? Where are they at? Like, like ladies, you don't want another bridesmaid dress. You're like, I don't have room in my closet, God. Just send me, send me, God. Listen, and being single is hard because at every wedding, what happens? All people come up and put their arm around you. Oh, you're next. Someday that'll be you, right? Listen, listen, single people. People that do that to you, here's what you do. Eventually, you're going to go to a funeral. Go find those people, put your arm around them, and go, you're next. You're next. Your time's coming. They'll never say that to you again. That has nothing to do with the sermon. That's just, that's just a little bit extra. But here's what I've learned, and here's a spoiler alert for you. God's delays... Don't equal God's denials. There's a lot of you here that feel like you've been in a season of delay, delay, delay. Just because your life has been delayed or interrupted doesn't mean that God has denied that request. Now, I need to remind some of you that it might take a little bit longer than you wanted it to take. And it, you need to know that God is working it all together for good in your season and in your situation. And you have that God has denied that request. 
Now, I need to remind some of you that it might take a little bit longer than you wanted it to take. And it, you need to know that God is working it all together for good in your season and in your situation. You have to trust in that moment. And that is what faith is. And this is important for us to hear today. See, faith is not just trusting God. Faith is trusting God's timing. And I don't know about you, but I don't like God's timing most of the time. I want it right here, right now, right the way I want it. And it seems like God has a totally different idea of how that's going to that's gonna look. And, and while I, I'm praying, sometimes other people are getting the miracles that I want. And that's where trust comes in. That's where God's timing comes in. I'll never forget, I was an intern at a ministry at 19 years old. Uh, as we were getting ready to get our jobs, all I wanted was this job where I was going to get the opportunity to, to travel all over the country and do these huge youth events. And uh, when the time came to hand out jobs, I, I got handed the job of dishwasher. I had leadership potential written all over me, dishwasher, uh, for about 500 interns at this ministry. And for the next four months, I washed dishes while I got to watch all of my friends do all these really, really cool things. And every day I was sitting there washing dishes and I thought, man, God had denied me. But what I failed to realize in the moment that I see now today is that in that moment, it gave me an opportunity to be alone and get sufficiently content with only having God in my life and not other things. And it prepared me for so much of the future things in my life that four months later they they saw how much I had grown and how much I had changed that I actually got the job that I'd always wanted and ended up traveling for the rest of the year doing all kinds of incredible things that catapulted me further along in the future and sometimes when God doesn't meet that prayer request right at that moment it means you don't need it or you're not ready for it and so many of us, we want things that we're not ready for or we don't need right now. And God's like, hey, man, if you just hold up, wait a minute, I'm going to do something great in your life. And, and, and here's what you need to remember. And this is a scripture that God has really spoken to me in, in this season of, of COVID and craziness. It's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. It says, but friends, you must not forget this one thing. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord. And a thousand years is like a day. I read that scripture so many times, I'm like, I have no idea what that means. But like in this season, I, I just have figured it out. There are some things that should take a day, like getting pregnant should take, that should take like 30 seconds, okay? Uh, like uh, getting, getting married, should, this, it takes a day, right? That's all it takes, a day to get married. Uh, to, to get that job that you've always wanted, it should take like a day. But sometimes it feels like it's taking forever for those things to take place, doesn't it? It's like, why is something that's so simple as a day taking forever to take place? But then on the flip side of that, there are things that should take forever to have happen that God can make happen in an instant. There are so many seasons of my life that people said it was impossible and God just turned the tables in a moment. And God's saying, listen, you don't know what I can do in this moment. The story goes on and it goes from bad to worse. In verse 35, it says this. It says, while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter is dead, but there's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, you must have faith. 
Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except for Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So in other words, Jesus is like, hey, the miracle is about to take place, but not everybody needs to be a part of this. In fact, I put it down in your notes like this, spoiler alert. In dealing with our concerns, Jesus will usually address our community. Let me put it to you nicely. Not everybody needs to be involved in your issues. I know that that's hard for some of you because you like to put your issues on, out on Facebook on display. But not everybody needs to be involved in your issues. Not everybody needs to be speaking into your marriage right now. Not everybody needs to be speaking into your finances right now. Not everybody needs to be speaking into your parenting right now. Not everybody deserves a follow online. Not everybody needs to be close to your life in this season. Because you are a product of your closest relationships, whether you like it or not. You look at your five closest relationships, you are a byproduct of that. And you, what you see here is that God needs to have certain people surrounding you to see the miracle happen in your life. What that also means is that if you have had some people removed from your life in this season, you should be celebrating right now. Like you should be ecstatic, you should be encouraged because God just got rid of some dead weight in your life that's been holding you back from moving forward to the places that he wants to take you. And some of you are sad that that person canceled you on, on some social media or some front, you need to celebrate that you finally got rid of that negativity, that cynicism, and that passive-aggressive nature because it is not taking you anywhere in life. Listen, I've just found you can't have a positive life surrounded by negative people. You just can't. It's an impossibility. And you have to be careful who you allow to be a voice in your life. And, and so that means you got to weed some people out and you got to plant some new relationships. And Jesus goes, man, we're going to do this miracle. But listen, hey, Judas, you can't come. Doubting Thomas, I'm going to need you to stay back. Matthew, I love you. You're great at getting money, but you can't go. The rest of y'all, you need to stay. You three, Peter, James, and John, you can be in on this situation. Why? Because you only need certain people in your life in certain seasons. I know that, that sounds bad. But it's just true. Some people are not helpful to move you forward. Be careful who you allow to be a voice in your issue while you're waiting on the miracle. It's one of the reasons why we do connect groups here. It's one of the reasons why we tell you all the time, get in a connect group, get in a connect group, get in a connect group. Because we want you to be around people that are full of faith in life. Listen, you don't need the cynicism. You don't need the negativity. You don't need people that are weeping and wailing. What you need is you don't need a cross session. You need a face session with some people. And some of us, we need to get connected with some other people that are growing in their relationship with God. They're going to encourage us and build us up and help push us to the things that God has for each and every one of our lives. And the cure for most of what you're going through is going to be found in the change of your community. Some of you today, you're going to need to weed some people out so you can see the miracle that God wants to do in your life. And not everyone can take you to that place. Not everybody can be in that circle. There, there, there's one person that definitely needs to be in that circle, and that's Jesus. Continue on, verse 41, it says, Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kalum, which means little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. It says, like, when this girl gets up, when she is completely healed, like, people are amazed. Let me tell you who wasn't astonished and amazed. Jesus wasn't. 
You know who else should not have been but probably was? Was Jarius. You know who was blown away? Everybody on the outside. Everybody that was watching from afar. And the world around, you know what's going to happen when you put yourself in the right situation with the right people, seeking after God, going, you know what, your delay is not a denial. There are going to be moments where people are going to look at the product of your life at the end of it, and they're going to be amazed at what God has done inside of you. The product of your faith and your trust will literally blow them away. And here's the spoiler alert. The coming purpose is worth the current pain. The coming purpose in your life is worth the current pain. And I know it's not what you want to hear, but it is the truth. And I'm, I'm just going to give it to you before you go through it. The coming purpose is worth the current pain. I've been a follower for Jesus for 23 years. And man, I have endured more pain than you could ever imagine. I've been through some terrible, difficult, heart-wrenching, life-altering situations. And the pain of those moments could never take away the purpose in the end that I see today. I've seen God do so much stuff. I remember starting this church 11 years ago. My wife and I moved here not knowing a soul. We are crazy people. We're like, man, we're going to move to Broward County. We're going to go plant a church, and it's going to reach thousands of people. And we had nobody really showing up. And I remember week after week showed up to a room where there'd be 30, 40, 50 adults. And as passionate as I am today, I was way more passionate then because I had a lot more energy. I was quite a bit younger. But I, like, it didn't matter if one person was there or a thousand people were there. Man, I was going to give it at my all. But it was painful because I had this dream inside that I wasn't ever seeing happening. And there's so many times I wanted to give up and throw in the towel and just go, man, this, this just isn't worth it. But that current pain was worth the purpose of seeing over the last two years over a thousand people give their lives to Christ. It's been worth it to see the impact nationally and internationally that our church has had in planting churches and taking care of wit widows and orphans all over the world and making a huge impact in the local church community here and becoming a voice on a lot of things for church growth and how do we reach more and more people for Jesus. The pain was worth it. Because looking back, the purpose was so much greater than the pain. And if you'll just trust God, the great pain that you have gone through will actually serve an even greater purpose. If you just won't quit. If you just won't give up. That's why I love 2 Corinthians. It says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. And I know that that sounds trite, and, but it's true, man. What we're going through today, we're going to look back. We're going to be like, man, that was no big deal. It wasn't anything. It says, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. The pain is real. But the purpose on the other side is greater. And then Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In other words, God is going to do something great through this. But a lot of us, we read this verse and we go, TJ, that's, that's great. And, and what happens is, is what we do is we put one of these next to it. 
an asterisk. And I don't know if you know what this is, but I, I learned this the other day. I was, I was driving down the road, and uh, I, was, I was driving by Dandy Donuts. Anybody ever driven by Dandy Donuts? And it, I saw a sign that said, donuts 50% off. And, and I was like, Dandy Donuts 50% off? Oh, man. Like, that's, that's, just give me a baker's dozen right now. And, uh, and I pulled up, and when I got close, I realized that there was one of these next to the dandy donut sign and what it says is it said some exceptions reply and the thing that was it said was the exception was donuts i'm like your dandy donuts what else do you do like do you just not sell donuts like no it's like 50 percent off coffee and like some breakfast but i wanted a sour cream donut can i get an amen if you never had a sour cream donut like that's a that's a secondary experience to like experiencing jesus in real life but uh like, this literally means some exceptions apply. And what that means for a lot of us is we hear a message like this, and we hear a verse like that, like God causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called into to his purposes. And you think, man, man, God can heal that person, and God can do amazing things in their life, except God can't do that in my life. Oh, God, God can can totally give them that job but like man i'm the exception to the rule he's not going to do that for me oh god god god's speaking to them like he speaks all the time to them but like i'm the exception he, he would never do that to me and i just want you to see this verse real quick because it says it says here at the end for the purpose for them and the last time i checked that's a period not an asterisk which means that there are no exceptions in this, this case. It means that everybody qualifies. It means that everybody gets to be a part. It means that God wants to take every person's pain and their purpose and cause it to do something great in their life. And God is trying to tell you ahead of time, I know you're going through some things right now, but here's the spoiler alert. I've got this. I've got you. I've got this. And all you've got to do is you've got to trust me. You've got to run after me. You've got to come with everything you have in this season and I will do some incredible things in your life. And some of us, today is a day that we're here and we need a miracle just like Jarius did. And what you need to do is you've been whiffling back and forth and you've been kind of swaying and, and today God is here and he's trying to just tell you, man, it's time to trust the process. Like, I've already given you the spoiler alert. Everything's going to be all right. Like, there's a greater purpose on the other side of this pain. You just got to trust me. And today, you just need to lean in a little bit. You just need to lean in a little bit more and go, God, I'm going I'm to press into you. I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to trust you in this moment. But maybe there's a second group of people here, and you've never began a, even a relationship with this God. This God that wants to intervene and transform and move in your life and and maybe today's the day that you need to make a decision to jump in and have this God do an incredible work in your life because here's the spoiler alert he loved you so much that 2,000 years ago he sent his one and only son Jesus Christ to come to this earth to die a sinner's death a death that you and I both deserve And rise from the grave three days later so that 
you and I could both experience life and life more abundantly. All these things that we're talking about so that we could experience those in our lives. And maybe you're here today. And maybe you've never made that choice or you made that choice a long time ago. And you say, you know what, today is the day that I need to do that with every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you here today, if you're saying, you know what, Pastor TJ, I, I, I need to begin that or I need to re-engage in that relationship. If you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you here today. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip it up. Online, if you're watching, just put the little hand emoji up. And here's what I'd ask you to do. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you so much for being the ultimate spoiler alert. You didn't leave me stuck in my situation, but you came to my rescue before I even needed it. By sending your son, Jesus, 2,000 years ago to die a death that I deserve. God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. I ask you to come in to not only be my Lord, but to be my Savior. God, I love you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.